If I had to give a, a topic or a title, I suppose, for the talk that I'm going to give, it is Faith and Favour. Faith and Favour. And actually, that reminds me, Craig, do you remember when you came into the hairdressers two weeks ago? You see, Craig, uh, Craig's barber and my, I'll remind you, Craig's barber and my hairdresser, they're brother and sister. And so they have premises kind of beside each other. And, you know, Craig goes to the barbers in Lurgan, just so you know. And a lot more often than me as well. But anyway, we, we just both, it was coordinated and he happened to come in and see me. And well, Craig, you're a man of great faith. We'd all agree that, wouldn't we? He's a man of great faith. And he sees things maybe sometimes that aren't always obvious. You know, he sees the potential in things. And do you remember that wee tiny wee coffee table with the thin metal legs that was sitting in front of me? Do you remember that, Craig? Well, Craig saw that table and he, he had so much faith, didn't you, Craig, you had so much faith in that table that in fact, Craig, you sat on that table, didn't you? That little coffee table, didn't you? You sat on that table. And unfortunately, he just, he didn't have the favour to go with the faith because Craig and that coffee table, it just came right down there, didn't it? In the middle of the hairdressers, in the middle of everyone else sitting there. But I'm, I'm sure it was broken before you sat on it. I'm sure it was faulty and you picked up your dignity and you left. And anyway, but it just seemed like a good story because I'm talking about faith and favor, you see. Um, I'm talking about Mary this morning. So, and the kids um, clip, it was brilliant, wasn't it? And it's talked to us a little bit about it. But just in case you didn't know, I'm sure you do. But just in case you don't, it's found in Luke, that story, part of that story. Luke chapter 1. Um, and verses 26, and it goes, well, I'm speaking this morning on down to 55. I'm not going to read it all. I'm sure you all know it, and you'll have it in front of you in your Bibles. But I'm just going to start um, with a few verses just to remind you. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Seems like a simple story, doesn't it? Because we know it so well. But behind that story is actually an event that forever altered human history. One day, just one day, little Mary encountered the angel Gabriel up he popped maybe she was table planning at the time or you know going to get the milk from the cow to make her morning coffee but up angel Gabriel popped to Mary and he said Mary you are so favored in fact you were so favored you're going to have the son of God now I feel pretty favored if I get a parking space outside outside Marks and Spencer's you know right at the door I'm like I am winning today and um, but if angel Gabriel popped up to me I I'd be thinking, this is incredible. I am favoured. I am not going to do any more work. I'm not going to have to. Um, I'm probably going to get that black mini convertible.
convertible I've always wanted. Um, you know, the top of the range one. I'm going to have a jet. The Maldives, here I come. Blessing after blessing after blessing. Yes, Lord, I'm ready for it. But that's not quite how it turned out, isn't it? And we know that. You know, Mary had little life experience. She hadn't even married Joseph yet. Um, but she knew that she didn't have maybe what it needed. She didn't have a GCSE in biology, but she knew that she didn't quite have what it needed to have a baby. And in that moment, I think Mary focused on what she was lacking, but see, God always sees potential, and he was seeing the potential in Mary. And so the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come on you, Mary. The Holy Spirit will come on you, and so the child that's going to be born to you will be called the Son of of God. And you know what, Mary? Your cousin, your cousin who's really old, Elizabeth, well, she's going to have a baby too. You know, you think you're too young and she thinks she's too old, but no word from God will ever fail. And in that moment, Mary forgets about her lack. And I think she comes suddenly to realize that the favor doesn't come from who she is, but who she is. And in that moment, grasping tight onto the word of God, Mary says, yes. She says, yes to God. Sometimes we say yes, don't we, to things, and we have no clue what they're going to mean. You know, it's Christmas Eve and four sleeps time. And 12 years ago on Christmas Eve, Craig Cooney, after his relentless pursuit of me and my dad... In the middle of a beautifully lit, candle-lit church in Lurgan, got down on one knee and asked me to marry him, and I said, yes. If only, if only I had known. <laughs> no, it's a journey, isn't it? All, all of life is a journey, and we have had some incredible moments. We have. We've had some real moments of favor. Um, we have had some real supernatural encounters of God's goodness and his love. And we've also had some long and hard tough seasons as well but all of life is that isn't it it's a journey and whether that be marriage a job children life kids friendships we say yes to things we say yes to God and we really have no clue what that's going to mean no clue at all we don't know what the yes brings along with it we don't know the ramifications of that yes We don't have the full picture like our yes is sincere, but it's a little bit naive because we just don't know the new job that maybe we get. But we don't realize until we start that what comes along with that job is so much pressure, so much stress. The co-workers are something else, the long hours. We say yes to the marriage, but we really don't know what we're getting ourselves into. Let's be honest. I mean, most of us would say yes again. But we don't know about that family history. We don't know about that one big issue. We don't realize that he will never realize where the dishwasher handle is. We say yes to the child. I'm just getting my payback. We say yes to the child, don't we? But we don't realize maybe how hard that birth is going to be or the labor or how that's going to impact us for the rest of our lives. We don't know about the long nights when they're not sleeping or the colic. We don't know about maybe the diagnosis that might come. We don't know. We say yes to a friendship, but we just don't, we didn't realize that they were going to hurt us that much. We say yes to so many things. We say yes 
but we didn't know we'd lose that thing. We didn't lose the di- know the diagnosis would come. We didn't know that person would do that. We didn't know. We didn't know. Our yes is sincere. We mean our yes, but we don't know all the baggage that comes along with it. And Mary, in that moment of favor, she said yes. She said yes. But she wasn't thinking about her parents and Joseph. She wasn't thinking about telling them what had just happened. I don't think she was thinking about that long, arduous, hard camel journey when she was heavily pregnant through a desert with a man that she barely even knew. I don't think she was thinking that she would give birth in the middle of a stable surrounded by donkeys. And, you know, Christmas cards and nativities paint this lovely, serene picture of that stable where the hay is warm and the animals are so well-mannered. But the reality is that's an Insta picture. That's just not the case. Because there would have been number ones and twos on that stable floor. And Joseph would have likely left her to it. She wasn't thinking. She wasn't thinking that the day after she gave birth... Her son was going to have a threat to his life and they would have to get up and go. She wasn't thinking about the time when she was going to have to watch Jesus hanging on a cross, being whipped, abuse being hurled at him from people in the crowd when all his friends had left. She wasn't thinking. She wasn't thinking because she was in that moment of fever. She was in a victory moment and she didn't know. In those moments that we say yes, we don't know. But you know what Mary did know, I believe? Mary knew that that moment of favor was from God. And so she chose to take hold of the promises of God and believe them. What are the promises to her? Mary, you are favored. Mary, God is with you. You will give birth to a son and he will be the son of God. And he will reign over his descendants forever. Jacob's descendants forever. Mary, no word from God will ever fail. And I wonder this morning if God has just given you a little nudge to remind you of some of the promises that he has spoken over your life. Maybe to remind you of the yes that you have given right at the start in the moment of favour. Do you know on Christmas Eve in the middle of that beautifully candlelit church, it was easy for me to say yes to Craig and our future together with God. It was easy. I knew what my immediate future was going to be. It was going to be love. and excitement and wedding planning and engagement celebrations and there was a big sparkly ring and I knew what it was going to be but if you fast forward five years to when we were in our time in Dublin after a particularly personally hard season one of those long long hard seasons where you have doubt and where you have confusion and questions well that's an entirely different yes Because quite frankly, at that moment in time, my reality was not meeting my expectations. Life wasn't so sparkly. And it's in those moments, isn't it, when favor seems so far away that it's hard to keep going in faith. And maybe that's where you find yourself this morning amidst all that's Christmassy. Maybe even with our recent news 
2020 wasn't what we thought it was going to be. Maybe you're feeling challenged. When you can't see change, when you're lonely, when you're hurt, when time and time again those moments of hope seem to be dashed, when restoration seems so far from possible, it's hard. It's hard. And you know, the passage that we read doesn't tell of the day after Mary's meeting, her, her moment of favor there with the angel Gabriel. It doesn't tell us when, when Gabriel's long gone and she's trying to figure out how to sort out this mess, how to sort out her situation. And we are fed a version of Mary and the birth that enables us somehow to gloss over the reality of actually what happened. But it's important for us to know that Mary's yes and what she continued to face as she went on was hard. It wasn't serene, easy and clean and warm and cozy. It wasn't all those things. Mary had to birth and raise the saviour of the world, her saviour, our saviour. Yes, she was Mary. Yes, she was was highly favoured by God. She was carrying a great anointing, but Mary still had to work. She had to do the work. And Mary, in her great faith, heard the word of God, took a hold of the promises over her life. And the first thing she did, we read in Luke chapter 1, verse 39, she went to Elizabeth. She took action. She didn't just sit around. She took action and she went to Elizabeth. And you know what? I think it was so kind of God to point her in the direction of Elizabeth because at that very moment, surely the one thing Elizabeth needed the most was somebody who would believe her and who would believe the promises of God in her life. Can you imagine their conversations when Mary's sitting trying to trying to talk through her fears and her anxieties and her thoughts and the baby Jesus is growing in her teenage womb and Elizabeth coming alongside her and speaking words of hope and of faith and of comfort and of strength. And we all need those people, don't we, in our lives? We all need one or two people who speak faith into our hearts when those moments of favour seem long gone when we're weak and weary, who reminds us of who God is and what God has said. Because real friends build you up. Real friends remind you of those promises. Real friends strengthen you and support you. And you know what else I note from this? is that God in his goodness, he puts the right people around you at just the right time. He is so careful and so intricate in how he works in your life. And he knows what you need and when you need it. And the other thing is this. If God has given you a promise, he will often um, confirm it through the voice of others. Look at what Elizabeth declared. Luke chapter 1, verses 42 to 45. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child you will bear. Why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth declares that before Mary has even said a word, according to this passage. Read it yourself. Friends, confirm the promises of God in your life. God is faithful. And in a world of shallow relationships, 
and Facebook friends. We need real, genuine friendships. Because your friendships will impact your level of faith and your friendships will impact the birthing of the promise of God in your life for good or for bad. So we need to choose our friends wisely. What voices are you allowing in your life at the minute? I remember when we were on the cusp of leaving Dublin in around 2016, I was feeling a little bit anxious to say the least. And I I was praying and as I was praying, I felt the Lord point me to Matthew 6 where it says, do not worry about your life or what you will wear or you know, it goes on. And then I also felt him remind me of the great words of Bob Marley. Don't worry. Jenny, I'm available. All right. Next week. (laughs) About a thing. You know it. Okay. And at that time I was really in the habit and it's something I, I, I don't do as much now and I should, but I was in the habit of writing down whatever I felt it was that God had spoken to me. And so I wrote it down in my little book. And as I was writing it, I remember saying, God, that's all well and good, but this is a big deal. And if you actually want me to believe that, then you need to confirm that to me. Because you see, that's my default perspective. To kind of look at things through a lens of maybe anxiety or or, or fear or worry or the worst in the situation. And I, God... God has done a massive work in me with that, but it's, it's still something that I have to work on. But I love how God in his goodness doesn't focus on our weaknesses and he knows these things about us. And I kind of, I kind of wonder if going by what it says in the word here that when the angel Gabriel says to Mary, don't fear, I kind of wonder, was that Mary's weakness too? I like to think maybe it was and I like to let that encourage me that God God used Mary and maybe that was her weakness and maybe God can use me too. Because, you know, I think that the enemy does this. I think that the enemy tries to silence us and intimidate us and shame us in the one area that maybe God wants to use the most. Don't let him do it. God is not seeing your lack. God is seeing your potential Always, always, always. But anyway, I'd asked God for confirmation. In that moment, I felt a little nudge that I should really speak to Mary Finn. Now, you won't know Mary Finn, but Mary holds a very special place in all of our hearts, really, as a family. Mary was this, is a wonderful woman from Dublin who God blessed us with, along with many others in, in our time in Dublin. But, um, She blessed us with her mightily. She was a woman of great faith, just like this Mary, a woman who loved the Lord, who loved prayer, and who loved to seek to hear his voice. And she was a right giggle too. And we would always have gone on Christmas Eve um, to pay Mary a visit. And Elijah loved it because Mary always gives Elijah presents. And those are his love language. So she won with him every time. But uh, I was like, right. I'm on a mission here. I'm going to speak to Mary Finn. It was like I had eagle eyes locked on Mary Finn the whole way around the church. Anytime she moved, I was there. I was trying to get to her, but there was always someone in between. And I left church that day without having got to Mary Finn. And I felt somewhat deflated. And I thought I must have got this wrong. I must have got this wrong. Until Craig came back in and handed me an envelope. 
and said, Becky, Mary asked me to give you this. And well, my heart leapt and I ripped open the envelope. And you'll never guess what she'd written in the envelope. She wrote down exactly what I had written from Matthew 6, including Bob Marley's lyrics. God will confirm his word and his promises to you. He will put the right people in your life at the right time, the right counsel. If you seek him, you will find him. And Mary sought out Elizabeth and Elizabeth confirmed the word of God in her life. But I don't want you to skip over one wee part of it that you could. Don't skip over the action part. Mary took action. And sometimes I think for our faith to grow, we need to take action. And the Bible says it. James 2.17, faith without action is dead. Faith is not a passive thing. Faith requires action. And maybe this morning there's an area in your life that you know, even now as I say this, you know God is asking you to take action on. Or maybe you're struggling this morning. Maybe you need to ask him to show you what area it is you need to take action. And the truth is, you know, favor comes at a price. Birth in the promise of God in your life comes at a cost. And we need to decide if we're willing to pay that cost or not. Do you know, a a few years, well, a good few years ago, it would have been in our first probably two years, one or two years after we got married, we went to San Francisco. And Another thing, actually, that you won't know about Craig is that he loves musicals. (laughs) Loves them. Cannot get enough of them. He's mad for them. And so we were in San Francisco, and Dreamgirls was on, and Craig's like, Becky, please, that's one I've always really wanted to see. Dreamgirls, can we go? And I sort of went, okay, because, you know, it's love, a first-year marriage, all the rest of it. Um, (laughs) so we went to look for uh, to get some tickets and there were a range of tickets available there were some that were very expensive and there were some that were not so expensive and so we went for the really not expensive option and our seats well when I say my ears I think they popped on the way up they were so high We needed practically an oxygen tank to survive. There were poles in the way. Yes, we could hear, but could we see? Not so much. Um, It was like ants on the stage in front of us, I'm telling you. So, you know what? We were there, but we didn't get the full experience. And we didn't get the full experience because we didn't want to pay the price. And sometimes, favor and birthing the promise of God in our life comes with a cost. Mary lost her reputation. She had to leave her home comforts behind her family. Mary had the favor of God, yes, but she lost the favor of man. And yet, there was something about Mary. Mary really was very ordinary, but very special. And I love this bit We didn't read it this morning, but it's verses 46 down to 55 in Luke. And it tells us of Mary's song. It tells us Mary sings. In the middle of it all, she worships God and she sings. 
And she says, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my saviour. She declares out loud that God is her saviour and her rescuer. Do you know where we fix our focus matters? Because there is a battle for our attention. And when we worship, we take our eyes off ourselves and our own circumstances and our own changeable emotions and we fix our eyes on the king of kings and I challenge you this morning if you are struggling in your life be intentional about taking some time apart to worship God because when you worship God you fix your eyes off yourself you declare who he is and you're actually declaring who is lord over your circumstances you're declaring that he is lord over every area of your life Mary worships him. She declares, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. She hasn't seen God's promise and fulfillment yet, but she hears it, she believes it, and she declares it. She says, God, if you said I am, I am blessed, then I am blessed. And I'm declaring it. I believe it. Do you know what we, what What we think and what we declare, especially, I think, matters. It matters. Mary's not focusing on her lack, the mess, the unknown future. Mary's focusing on what God has spoken over her. And she is allowing the word of God to be the reality, not her circumstance. She's choosing what she's going to believe. She's choosing what she's going to think. And you can do that too. In Proverbs 18, 21, it says, Life and death are in the power of the tongue. We need to choose our words really carefully. The ones that we don't speak that are going round in our head and the ones we do speak over our own life and over those that we're around, we need to be careful because the words we speak will influence the level of faith we have. And the words we speak will influence and impact the birthing of the promise of God in our life for good or for bad. We need to choose carefully. And no, Mary has not yet seen the promise of God fulfilled in her life. And at 14 or 15, she has very little life experience to draw from. So she doesn't have a list where she's kept in her little notebook like I do of of evidence of God's faithfulness, of the situations and circumstances that she has encountered where God has proved himself faithful. But what she does know is the word of God. And what she does know is the faithfulness of God to her relatives. And as those verses go on, from 50 downwards, she continues to sing and tell of his faithfulness. She says, his mercy extends from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and lifted up the humble. She declares who he is and what he does. And this morning, maybe you feel like you don't know what the word of God is for your life. Or maybe you feel, I don't have any promises from God. Do you know all you need to do? Start reading this book. Because this book is full of promise and truth and promise and truth and promise and truth. And this word is... 
this book is active and living and sharper than a double-edged sword. And if you, like Mary, really spend time in this work, in this word and in this book, God will speak into your circumstance and into your life and he will move with such accuracy and such power. You will be amazed if you seek him, if you seek him. And as I finish, I want to remind you this morning that God does have a purpose for your life. And like Mary, you're called to birth something special into this world for him. And you know, all through the Bible, there are stories of God's plan. But in spite of the fact that it's God's plan, the people encounter oppression and opposition and resistance. So you may be sitting here this morning thinking, how can this be? But God is with you. God is with you. Your past doesn't matter. It's who you are that matters. And because he is with you, you're favoured. I'm here to tell you this morning that he sees you right in the middle of the circumstance that you're in. He sees you. You are favoured. He is with you. Do not be afraid. He won't let you down. If you are struggling, pick up the word. Watch your perspective. Look at your friends. Declare his truth. Worship him. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. And watch him work out every circumstance, every situation in your life for your good and for his glory. And you know, as a worship team maybe come up this morning, I want to ask you this morning, what's that one thing in your area, in your area, in your life? Maybe you are sitting here this morning and, and you're thinking, how can this be? Mary asked the angel, how can this be? I want to remind you this morning that in the middle of your high, God is faithful and he can do anything. His word never fails. His word never fails. And take heart because God can do what seems humanly impossible just in a moment.